Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Joe, we are finally live. Yeah, what's up, everybody? October 10th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrell. Follow me online at Showdown Joe. And, of course, Sean Rossap, my co-host. Follow him online at Sean Rossap. Give us all some love uh, at Fightful Online. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are everywhere you can possibly imagine. Much more, and I'm sure Sean will bring you all up to speed. Uh, we apologize for the uh, delay uh, in commencing the show, but we're here right now. Lots to talk about in the world of mixed martial arts, Sean. We'll let people uh, load up as we speak. Um there's some disturbing things. There's some interesting things, but how are you holding up right now, sir? Well, you know, for, for so long, we complained about Google Hangouts and complained about Google Hangouts. I'll take it over Wirecast any day, any day. I am so glad I don't produce the Wednesday show anymore because, you know, we, we were going to have Kamaru Usman on the show. We have a 20-minute interview with him that's going on the site this week. We have a bunch of great interviews from, uh, of UFC fighters from James Lynch now on the site. So it could be worse. We were going to go an hour. We're going to talk MMA on a quiet MMA weekend, but there's still so much to talk about, and I'm really excited about it. But, uh, yeah, that's it's just a bummer. I, I miss this Google Hangouts platform. If they added integration to green screen and uh, video, they would make a ton of money. But we even have some WWE to talk about because there are rumors that McGregor is negotiating a WrestleMania appearance now. Yeah, there's lots of stuff to talk about with Conor McGregor, with WWE. Uh, obviously, Ronda Rousey's always in the news when it comes to WWE stuff. So um, we, we can go back to talking about UFC 216, but I'll let you pick the first topic. What do you want to talk about? Well, there are these McGregor WWE rumors that I think are probably going to capture the headlines all over the place. To me, if I'm UFC, I say, yeah, you need to commit to fighting to us first. Then you can do whatever you want to do. Because if he's scheduling a WrestleMania appearance six months away, he can fight before then. Fuck. That's a fact. We need to figure out what's happening. Or the UFC needs to figure out exactly what's happening with Conor McGregor, who rightfully so deserves to do whatever he wants, but he is under contract. He's under contract to the UFC. He's under, I mean, they, they already let him step away from the UFC to do the big money fight with Floyd Mayweather. He's made a boatload of money. Uh, he's likely never going to have to ever worry about money ever again. Now it's time to, you know, fulfill your contract or just say it's over. Uh, I don't think he's going to say that. I think he's, he, he's going to do it. Um, you know, there, there are, there's some money to be made by making an appearance at WWE. There's some eyeballs that can also be paying attention to Conor McGregor, depending on whatever storyline uh, they would use for him in the WWE. But the bottom line is he is the lightweight champion for the ultimate fighting championship. He has to defend that title. And based on what happened at UFC 216, Tony Ferguson now is the interim champ. He deserves that title shot. 
obviously, you know, Connor and his camp are looking at the trilogy fight with Nate Diaz. Um, you know, Habib Nurmagomedov is in the mix. Lots of people have the potential to fight Connor McGregor. Heck, heck, even Max Holloway, he just signed a new contract. He wants to fight, but he's fighting Frankie Edgar. So plenty of opponents for Connor McGregor. He just has to determine who he will fight next and then, you know, add that WWE stuff into your schedule. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. His priority needs to be UFC, but what his priority it doesn't need to be anything. It'll be whatever he wants it to be because he's in that position. And even if he weren't, I shouldn't have said needs to be, but I, I think it should be him fighting. If he's planning this a half a year away, I think that he can squeeze a fight in there. And even if he loses, as we've seen, that doesn't matter to WWE. They'll bring you in no matter what. Absolutely. Uh, someone says, is this desperation for WWE? No, absolutely not. Not desperation. Uh, a lot of people think that their ratings are just in the commode and their live event in the commode. They're still making money hand over fist. It's just the situation they're in. They're, they're open. They've always done stuff like this, especially for WrestleMania. Like a, a celebrity has never lost a match at WrestleMania outside of a battle Royal. So they, they do this all the time. They, they make, these moves with regularity absolutely guys don't forget top left or top right of your screen if you're on the youtube page uh we have a live chat by all means you can join us ask them some questions uh give us some thoughts your suggestions comments uh we will take it from there uh, and don't forget to get out there right now try and get on social media right now and tell them we are live send them the link click share underneath the picture you see of sean ross sap and i a link will come up Put that there. Invite your friends to come and join us right now. We will have some fun uh, with the whole mixed martial arts and wrestling community. Uh, you never know, some boxing mm -hmm. peeps are going to join us as well. But I love making this interactive. Uh, so please, guys, go out there. Go on social media right now. Just say, hey, man, come join us here right now. Here's the link. Get her done, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about some things here. Some people made some good money uh, at UFC 216, Sean. Some not so much, but, you know, it is what it is when you sign on that dotted line. What did you make of those salaries? Uh, you know, 500K for Tony Ferguson, 250,000 uh, for Kevin Lee. Both, basically, both of those guys signed to fight for 250,000. I guess it's obviously a change in their contract, but 250,000 a show with the winner getting an extra 250,000 uh, for the victory. Your thoughts? Well, if I'm Ferguson, I'm thinking I probably should have gotten 300, 325 if Kevin Lee is already at 250. But that's not, it's not where they should be. As it pertains to pay, but it's it's a much it's much more promising than it used to be. Uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson making three hundred and seventy thousand no win bonus. The no win bonus is a real indicator that he's getting pay per view points. That's a good thing. Ray Borg, a hundred thousand for for him, solid as well. Verdum two hundred and seventy five thousand for that or four hundred thousand rather. He got two hundred seventy five and then one twenty five to show. I wonder if he has any pay-per-view points either from his title deal or if the contracts are structured to where he loses those points if he doesn't have the title. Uh, Walt Harris, 28000 for a minute's worth of work. Now, if I were Derek Lewis, he was he was going to get one twenty five. Uh, I would have just went in there and did the old Walt Harris and <laughs> tapped out in a minute because he's still going to get those fights. You know he is. Mark Hunt still does. But there are some like Dariush at forty eight thousand, eh. Dunham at forty thousand, coming off of a four fight winning streak, eh. And then you got, uh, but then there are some promising ones: Brad Tavares seventy four thousand, Moraga sixty eight thousand, or yeah, Moraga sixty eight thousand. Those that's decent money. It should be more, but decent money for what they're doing. But and, you know, Brad Tavares is probably getting 20000 out of Reebok, too, because he's been in UFC for so long. But they should be making – guys that have been around as long as Brad Tavares should be or should be getting six figures. You're muted. Apologies. Uh, I was muted because I'm still coughing, Sean, and I apologize. The last thing I want to do is interrupt you uh, while you're giving us some information, and I'm hacking away there, so I do apologize. <laughs> um so some some peeps made some good money. Uh, I'm, I was a little surprised at the ladies, at some of the money the ladies made on the main card. I guess because they were on the main card, uh, as opposed to what Pearl Gonzalez made. I mean, their 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 first fight was in the UFC. Uh, I'm talking about Faria uh, and my lovely Italian lady. Uh, props to Homeland. Um, they got paid more for their first fight in the UFC than Pearl Gonzalez got in her second fight in the UFC. So I found that 
a tad peculiar, although I do understand that they're on the main card. So, you know, good negotiations by both managers, I guess, especially coming in on short notice. Short notice um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty I, much I, the I issue. That a lot. Like the short notice gets, gets a little extra something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't mind that whatsoever. Um, the one thing that did stick out for me from UFC 216 was the fact that, I mean, where can we go with this? Kevin Lee had a staff infection. No one mm-hmm. from the commission saw that. He continued to fight. Tony Ferguson probably can't be overly happy with, with wanting to grapple at all with Kevin Lee. Uh, what's your take on that? I hope that Tony Ferguson got cleaned up really good and really quickly. I hope that as soon as he got back and saw the doctors and stuff, he got his shower. He got like good. That stuff is dangerously, dangerously uh, shit. What's the word I'm looking for? Contagious, dangerous to the body. Contagious. Like, there we go. Yeah. There we go. I haven't taken my alpha brain today, uh, but it's it's very very contagious and yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Casey Walton says with the recent fire potentially affecting Cejudo, would a replacement for Pettis make sense or just give Sergio the Johnson title fight? Casey, from my understanding, uh, Henry Cejudo's manager. For those that don't know, Henry Cejudo uh, escaped a fire and apparently broke his ankle, uh, but according to his manager, he is still going to be competing he didn't break his ankle um yeah, MMA, fighting, MMA fighting reports that he's got some burns on his foot but uh he's still i don't know if he's still good to go but he's got some burns on his foot it's sad that he lost his medal i'm sure he'll get another one they'll make that happen but uh that's 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 horrible that's sad yeah tough i mean there was actually a fire down the street for me last week uh, I couldn't figure out where it was until one of the players that plays on my son's soccer team sent me the video from his phone, and I was just like, holy smokes, how close was that to my house? So it's pretty scary stuff. There was another fire down the road last year. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, him and his girl's place went up in flames upstairs. So it's 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 pretty scary uh, when you think about it. But thank, you know, thankfully, everyone's okay. Uh, Henry's okay, and hopefully that fight with Pettis goes on. Um, but you know, I, it's tough to say. Dana White, by the way, uh, mentioned – you know, what could be next for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson? Uh, and the conversation is obviously, you know, the winner of TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt. And Dana said, no, why don't you just add to your legacy? Why don't you add to this current record that you have? Because you could definitely do it. Why not add a few, a few more victories to that uh, and then think about super fights? There's risk and reward there, Sean. Your thoughts? I've had just the most steaming hot duty takes being unleashed over the past several days like it makes me sad some of the like people trying to retcon the demetrius johnson legacy and if he wants to keep growing it let him if he wants to to move up let him but man it's it's weird the way that some people have acted in regards to demetrius johnson and and what he's accomplished because because he is a champion and there there really aren't any other there really aren't any other flyweight champions there's this weird perception that he hasn't beaten anybody i'm like what like yeah. so had he come along 2 years into the division and there had been 3 or 4 champions and beaten all of them then people would have a completely different view henry cejudo by all indications you you could call that benavidez fight right down the middle they are almost equals other than that, who's beat him besides Demetrius Johnson? Nobody. Who has beaten Kyoji Horiguchi at flyweight besides Demetrius Johnson? Nobody. Who has beaten John Dodson in the UFC flyweight division besides Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson? Nobody. Who has beaten Joseph Benavidez as a UFC fly, as a flyweight in general besides Demetrius Johnson? Nobody. There are greats that he has beaten. Like the, because Joseph Benavidez has been beaten the way that he has by Demetrius Johnson, like the only two people to ever beat him are Dominic Cruz and Demetrius Johnson. And then you've all had oh, just the worst thing. Somebody said Ronda Rousey's fall should be a cautionary tale. To which I reply, Duhois, <laughs> Duhois. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Demetrius Johnson's run 
engulfs Ronda Rousey's. Now, I will say that Ronda Rousey, the pace that she kept for how often that she fought was unbelievable. And, and you know, when people trash Ronda Rousey's run, I'm like, you're a moron too, because she was fighting the best possible talent. Is the talent at the women's bantamweight as good as the men's flyweight? No, it's not. But she was facing the best possible people and doing it with crazy frequency. That that's enough to be enough to be heralded in its own. When Dimitri and you know, I had the ones where people said, "Oh, but he couldn't beat Dominic Cruz." To which I also reply, "Adubois." <laughs> Remember when that fight happened, Joe? How long ago was that fight? Uh, five years ago, six years ago, six years ago. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson did not train MMA full time. Nope. Not until he lost that fight did Matt Hume say, "So when are you going to get serious about this?" Demetrius Johnson, a normal sized flyweight, against Dominic Cruz, a very very large bantamweight. Demetrius Johnson, who trained part time against the greatest bantamweight fighter in the history of MMA at his peak. And people want to act like going five rounds with that guy. It's some sort of like stain on the Demetrius Johnson legacy. I had people saying, oh, he had to move to flyweight. Again, <laughs> Duhois, Duhois. Yeah, he should have been I'll taking have that him. 500 bucks from Tachi Palace fights, right? Instead, that's what he should have been doing. Exactly. I'll, I'll have you know that you and yours truly do not know anything about fights. We know nothing. Social media has informed us. <laughs> that one guy, that was the best. Has informed us that neither you or myself said, know anything about the fight world. He, he said, said I was <laughs> He said I was old. Did you see what he said to me? Yeah. Well, I saw you, you missed the one on YouTube. That was the best one. But it got flagged. Yeah, he said if yeah, it was the same guy. He said if we disrespected Tony Ferguson again, he was gonna find us. <laughs> like, How what? did we disrespect Tony Ferguson? I don't know. I don't know. No. We said I was old. I said, okay, I'm old. All right. So sorry. Sorry about my birth year or when I was born. Uh I don't know anything about fighting. Apparently he hasn't checked my track record, how long I've been involved in this game and <laughs> various certifications and things that I have. But whatever, it's all yeah, fine. It's okay. But, we, we don't need to tout that. The people that are watching know. Yeah, but what, what I'm trying to say is this, that there are times, and then people are like, why do you respond to him? Like, why? Or her? Whatever. Why? <laughs> oh, I don't that care. Good. Like, that one was good. Yeah. I, I mean, it's sometimes I debate people, and um, I, I'll have conversations with people, but and you, you've kind of given me a bit of flack for this because – I am older now. I'm not in my 20s or 30s where I'm more than happy to continue the debate. The problem is, is I've had the debate, various debates about mixed martial arts and mixed martial artists and champions and legacies, blah, blah, so many times over the years that it's like I've been there, done that. I can't sit there and, and sometimes debate with people that what is so obvious to me, it's like someone coming up to me and saying, how dare you say water is wet? And you're like, what? Water is wet. There's certain attributes in fighters and things. Uh, Vinny Fernando, I'm going to get to you in one second. I want you to know one thing, by the way. Um, there, there are certain things in fighting that are just completely obvious that a hater will get the worst out of you, Sean, where you're kind of like, are you for real? Demetrius Johnson isn't even in the top 10 argument. You sit there and you're like, this guy is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Oh, he's boring. And I'm like... Well, which fights have you seen that he's boring? Because the last four or five fights that I've seen, the guy is an absolute perfect mixed martial artist. I don't get what half these people are saying. Now, there was some problems with Dana or with Dana White and Demetrius Johnson earlier this year, and, and Vinny Ferdinand in the live chat mentioned two comments about Dana White. Now he wants DJ to add it to his record. Dana is the biggest flip-flopper of all time, LOL, to which he continued. He also went from, I'm taking away your division, to Mighty Mouse is the best UFC fighter of all time. I want to stop this argument real quick for all the fans out there that throw hatred towards Dana White uh, or that don't understand what Dana White is. Vinny Fernando, all I'm saying is this. Look at your screen for two seconds. I'm going to give you the timeout signal. I'm going to throw a flag on the play. I'll take a knee if I have to. You need to understand, Dana White is a spin doctor. 
always has been, always will be. He's going to spin whatever it is so the company will continue to move forward and making money. doesn't matter. You can call him a liar. You can call him a bullshitter. You can call him a great man. You can call him whatever you want. His job as a promoter is always going to be a spin doctor. Yes. That's, that's, I mean, that's really all. Like, yeah, that's, that's his deal. And whenever Demetrius Johnson can benefit him, he's going he's gonna, to uh, act accordingly. Whenever Demetrius Johnson does something like passes on a TJ Dillashaw fight, when TJ Dillashaw has never made 133 pounds, much less 125 on the nose, and the UFC won't give him any more money, he's going to step up and say, oh, well, Demetrius Johnson ruined my plans, yada, yada. That's what he does, man. That's the job. It's part of the job description. If or, or description, I mean, uh, there are very few "quote unquote" ethical promoters out there, or promoters that aren't going to spin a story or a main event or a fighter into a money-making opportunity. That's their job. That's what they do. It sucks. It may not be what you like, but that's what they do, and that's what he's going to do with Demetrius Johnson. And now he has someone that he potentially—I mean, I, I don't know how many like. Anyone that did that, that watched Demetrius fight on Saturday night, if you don't think he's a pay-per-view draw now or you aren't convinced that you should pay to watch this guy fight, I, I, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. I mean, the fight's over. Debate's over. There's nothing to talk about. The guy picked up another human being. He admitted to playing with him for four rounds. He admitted to it. And then whenever he decided, he just picked him up and in midair, caught his arm, landed on the ground, and put a submission hold on him. Armbar. Sean, I've been doing jiu-jitsu since 96. I've never thought of picking somebody up, some sort of fake suplex or, 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 or anything, and then trying to land an armbar. I've seen flying armbars. Fantastic. I can't do the more shit because I keep hurting my neck. I land wrong. I don't put my leg up the right way. But to pick up another human being and throw him in an armbar, if you don't think that's a fighter worth paying for, I can't talk to you. I, there's, there's no debate, Sean. I'm sorry. It's one of the most incredible feats in mixed martial arts history. The man passed on several choke attempts because they weren't cool enough. <laughs> Although I would have been impressed if you got the Von Flew because it would have pissed you off or freaked you out. I'd love that. Oh, God. It wouldn't have pissed me off. I would have just been like, of course, Ray Borg got caught with that. Because there is. All it comes- just like, of course, Bellator releases a video today. Oh, no. And has a typo on it. As it's supposed to be Alexander Shlomenko versus Gegard Musashi, and they put Alexander Shlomenko versus Patricky Pitbull. You almost lost. I, 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 I was oh, like, man. what? Yes. These guys. These guys. I, I love well, them. And then I they deleted them. the whole video instead of just editing the damn title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Freudism. I mean, anyways. That was hilarious, but keeping the conversation going with Demetrius Johnson, a former opponent of his, and a guy that had a very good performance with him the very first time they fought, Ian McCall, has been released by the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He's been granted his release. He says he wants a fight for 100K. 50 and 50 works for him, and he doesn't care who pays him. Doesn't care. He's fought long enough. He wants to make money. He says, I go into the cage to fight. I don't care if you call it blood money. You can pay me with blood diamonds. This is not all verbatim. It's not a perfect quote. This is stuff that he said. Uh, He doesn't care if it's some crazy Chechen or Russian or whomever that's going to pay him. He just wants to get paid. What say thou? There aren't a lot of people in this world who have straight up said, I'm putting a price tag on my CTE, but he has, and that's his right to do so. Daniel Bryan kind of has in WWE. He wants to wrestle. WWE feels as if his brain is not healthy enough. In a year, he's going to be wrestling, and he's probably going to be wrestling for the highest bidder. I I don't have a problem with it. I don't. He hasn't fought in two and a half years. He's got to make money. It doesn't look like he's going to get to fight in the UFC anytime soon. And he straight up said, here's my price tag. If anybody wants it, come set me up, and I'll do it. Do you think there'll be a bidder? Do you think there'll be a buyer? Yeah, I do. I do. They run Horiguchi versus McCall overseas. That's a good fight. That's a hell of a fight. I'd watch it. Maybe. Just choose my words carefully there. 
<laughs> for those that don't know, I ain't spreading any rumors or anything like that, but we'll see. Um, what are you guys in the live chat saying? You guys aren't saying nothing. You guys are not even engaging with us. You guys are, are just sitting there watching this beautiful podcast. Two guys that don't know anything about MMA, don't know anything about the fight business. We need to watch out for our lives. It is what it is. Um, also from you, 16. Um, he wants a 165-pound division to which you and I are like, yep, do it. Why not? But Dana White said, no, no need for a 165-pound division. How about you learn how to cut weight properly? This this guy. It's it's like we just said about Demetrius Johnson, the spin doctor. You got a hundred guys at lightweight. You got a hundred guys at welterweight. Most normal human males walk around between this weight, obviously, which is why you have such an influx. To me, Habib, Nate Diaz, Alex Oliveira, Donald Cerrone, Kevin Lee, maybe maybe Tony Ferguson or Conor McGregor. You've got all these names. Sage Northcutt, if you want to throw him, he'd fit in there too. You have a good start for this division. It's not – I mean, it'll – it will hurt, but uh, hurt the other divisions. But it'll help overall. Swanson, that one's got me a little that? intrigued. What's that? Yeah, sorry, I, I just, I just, you cut out for a second, but you're good now. Yeah, Cub Swanson, he's made it clear that he is going to test free agency after his fight with Brian Ortega. Um. Not sure I like his angle here. I understand that, you know what, he thinks that the UFC is basically, you know, they're, they're saying, look, dude, I'm a gatekeeper. Uh, I'm getting all these young and up-and-comers, and I'll take them all on. I'll, I'll, I'll just delete them all. Uh, I'll take them all out, no problem. But after this fight, I want to go see if I can make more money. And let's not forget, Cub just had a, a, a baby. Uh, him and his girl had a baby. So now his, his, his brain is thinking a little bit differently when it comes to making money. Uh, I just don't think he should have came out publicly and said that because now you're basically forcing your hand or you're giving away that ace that you had up your sleeve uh, in terms of negotiation. Do you think it was the right thing for him to say that? Or should he just fought, put on a great performance, even with the win, and then did what Gilbert Melendez did, uh, like that fight he had with Diego Sanchez, last fight of his contract, chose not to, to sign on the dotted line with a rene- renegotiation, put on the performance of a lifetime, and then... Did what he had to do. Then again, it's back. It's backfired on a few people before. Roy Nelson. It's the, well, Roy Nelson got some money for Bellator. But what do you think? I mean, did, did, did Cub make the right move here by stating he's going to be testing free agency, or should he have just kept it quiet, put on the performance, and then went out there and quietly went about his business? Well, the thing is, he's he's almost thirty four. So that's the type of thing where you got to be like, all right, I want to get locked up long term. I mean, Bellator doesn't care how old he is, really, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad he's testing free agency. But uh, it is a matter of timing. Timing is everything. And the guy, like I said, he's about to be 34 and he's a featherweight. But he's doing so well. But he's beating Artem Lavov and he's beating Duho Choi, who's a little bit younger. Kawajiri, who's a little bit older. Hakran Diaz, who, you know, no disrespect to him, but he's not he's not a top – 20 featherweight. So this winning streak, I think that he knows maybe he hasn't fought the top level talent. He wants to get locked up long term. So he's he's for somebody and he's trying to maximize. This is probably going to be his last big contract, Joe. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think, I, mean, I, think just... I think he should test it. Now, the other thing I was thinking about, maybe he's already potentially got a deal on the table elsewhere. So sometimes when you do have another iron in the fire, you, you, you talk a bit more trash. You, you, you kind of let things out of the bag because you really don't have anything overly too much to worry about. You think that's potentially the case where he's got a deal on the table and it's just a matter of going through this and then signing it once the, uh, the negotiations are done? I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's always tough to see how Dana White and the UFC negotiate with individual talents because each one seems to be different. Like, we thought Misha Serkinov was gone. Yeah. And there he is. He's back in the UFC. Meanwhile, like we're, we're at a place now where like Ali Bagatinov and Nikita Krylov and uh, Kyoji Horiguchi are leaving to fight locally because they can make more money there. And the UFC is like, well, they're not really worth it. 
then the UFC will come in and re-sign some guys that I thought would just leave because of that. So it's it's really a case-by-case basis. It's hard to tell. I don't know. The, the more I think about it, the more I do understand um, what Cub is doing. But then I also think, oh, just hold on, man. Don't don't let the, the, the cat out of the bag just yet uh, need to pay more attention to it. But is what it is, uh, and, and Cub's always been just a super great guy, just an awesome guy. Um, now, for those that don't know, there's going to be a press conference uh, in Toronto this Friday. Michael Bisping, George St. Pierre will be in town. Uh, Michael Bisping has, has... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill retracted some of his words about George St. Pierre recently when he originally stated that, you know, George may have been on performance enhancing drugs. He basically said, nah, it's not what I was saying. I'm just kidding around. I'm just trying to annoy George St. Pierre. Listen, the whole thing with George St. Pierre, every mixed martial arts fighter uh, somewhere along the line will be accused of taking performance enhancing drugs. I don't think George uh, has ever taken them. I don't think he's taking them right now. I think everything he does is natural. But what was that you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was weird. I heard someone yelling in the background. Okay, cool. Uh, so I don't think George. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was odd. Uh, and I'm home alone. I'll say that. So that's kind of got me to stress. It's, um, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. We had that. La- we had that problem a couple shows ago where people said I was in the dark and that that what's that guy's name Pennywise from It. It's gonna be around me. Oh uh, yeah. Um, you see that picture I posted with my son on Instagram? I did. Oh, that kid's too much. For those that don't know, take a look at my Instagram, at Showdown Joe. It's actually on all my social media. Right before I went live with Kamaru Usman, uh, here's my son just popping up. I'm like, no, 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 you got to go. I'm about to be live. Get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the story uh, in my life. Um, So, George St. Pierre, Michael Bisping will be in town here on, or on Friday. Uh, very good chance as I received uh, an email from uh, the infamous Jimmy Van. Uh, he wants to know if I'm going. Chances are I'm going. Uh, I'll yeah. have to get Sean uh, to get a hold of the UFC and say, hey, remember that showdown Joe guy? Can you please credential him? So we'll see. Uh, good chance that I'm going. But what's your take on this Michael Bisping thing, PED trolling and all that stuff? I think that it's bad for anybody. If I were the UFC at that fighter summit, I would have said, hey, guys, don't fucking do that. Don't sit there and say, this guy uses steroids. It's become such a default. Tony Ferguson's done it. Conor McGregor's done it. Nate Diaz has done it. Nick Diaz has done it. Michael Bisping has done it. It's steroids, steroids, steroids. Oh, my God. Come on. Like, you're trying to legitimize this. They've, They've suspended numerous, dozens of fighters because of this. If I were the UFC, I would say, uh, cut it out. Now, at the same time, maybe they're not getting paid enough to not say things like that. So... That's that's a question I would raise too. Like, uh, hey guys, if you want me to not pull your covers, or at least from a perception standpoint, pull your covers, maybe pay me a little bit better. So yeah, I just think it's a bad look, man. I was just gonna say that bad look. A t-shirt, guys. All you guys on the, on the uh, live chat always saying that Sean Rossap gets his own shirt. That's a bad look. Was my saying first because that's what I said. 
uh, on Saturday about Tony Ferguson and his post-fight comments about Conor McGregor. Other ways you can generate hype for fights. And for all the fighters, I think there are other ways that you can generate hype around a certain fight whatsoever. Or, or in general, um, there, there's certain things that, you know, and I think you're right. I think the UFC should have, had, should have conversations um, with their talent, with their management, to inform them and say, guys, there's certain things we should not be saying. There's there's a lot of free will. You could say what you want, blah, blah. But how about we not say this? How about we steer away yeah. from that? Because our sport as a whole is labeled by so many people who don't understand it. For example, as a bunch of guys stepping off a bar stool and stepping into a cage with no rules, with no this and that, with no skill, and they're going – don't be calling guys drunks or buffoons and blah, blah. Every one of the fighters in mixed martial arts are steroid abuser. Well, don't call each other steroid abusers. Think about different ways uh, of going after your opponent. Um, some of the things that guys say or girls say, it's always peculiar. It's always like, why would you do that? The sport as a whole is suffering from this type of image. It's got a black eye. Why are you just? Why are you perpetuating it? Why are you throwing gasoline at a fire? Don't. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I've always thought that's a bad touch. Even when steroids were running rampant, I thought it was bad. Now I was pretty naive in thinking that back then because it was all over the place. I, I had no idea to what degree, but just think it's cheap. It's bad. It's just – and Michael Bisping even said that he was just trying to get under GSP's skin, and I was like, that's – that's like talking about somebody's wife or their family or something like that. They're like, maybe leave that one alone. That's tainting a man's legacy. Yeah. And you can go on the USADA site, uh, which I was doing exactly, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when Sean Ross Sapp and I connected before the show. I was actually on the USADA site, which everyone can go on. Uh, go under testing, and you can click any fighter's name and see how many times they've been tested in 2015 or 16, 2017. Uh, George has been tested six times. Bisping's been tested seven times. Overeem's been tested nine times. I was just typing in random names as I went just to see how many times they've been tested. So it's all there. Um, now, the one thing that Michael Bisping did say in the interview, which takes me back to when we had Luke Bernardi uh, on the show, um, I'm the first person, like Bisping said in his own interviews, I don't know that much. I, I, I would claim ignorance. Uh, on my on my knowledge of performance enhancing drugs, I don't know much about steroids. Uh, even when the whole John Jones thing went down, Sean, I was doing research on the actual potential um, the performance enhancing drug that he took to see, you know, how, does it leave the body, come in the body? I, what about when Luke Bernardi came on our show and Bisping now understands a lot of things that there are steroids that can be in and out of your body within 24 hours. That right there scares the shit out of me. Because if guys can, guys or girls can abuse that, we got a problem here. The USADA and 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 even WADA, uh, VADA, they all got to get on this. You know, maybe it's not just carbon isotope ratio testing. There's got to be some things that can detect whether or not someone has something in their system uh, less than 24 hours ago. Because that makes me nervous. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, and like, uh, I had no idea that you could even put something in your system that would get out that quick, much less that would have short-term effects like that. I don't know how steroids work, but the game is changing, and fortunately, fortunately, uh, USADA is also changing. But, I mean, they, they aren't without error, too. They, they make mistakes, too. A lot of guys in the uh, live chat ripping apart Michael Bisping. Uh, he's always had a reputation, um, you know, quote-unquote, people are saying that he's classless and blah, blah, blah. He's always had that reputation. I can attest, 95% of the time, Bisping's a good cat. Bisping's a good dude. He's funny. Uh, outside of the cage, uh, in, in you know social settings, he's hilarious. Uh, great sense of humor. But once, he, once that microphone and cameras get in front of him, he's no different than, than, than you know, the likes of Chael Sonnen and Conor McGregor. They know what their role is. Daniel Cormier, he's been going up and down with his role. They know their role. When they're in front of a camera, they know what to say. They know what to do, and and that's their gig. So, uh, unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot of um, you know the fan base and people that watch and see these guys and judge them for what they see without ever thinking. I wonder what if, are they really like that when they're not in front of the camera? So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's some are. I can tell you, it's some are. 
Some are actually the opposite. All nicey nicey on camera and off camera, they're just like, oh yeah, they're taking their douchebag pills. I can tell you that right now. So sorry. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Should have said that. Sorry, Jimmy. Actually, Jimmy wants. He to encourages you to curse, though. Like that's the thing. Like Jimmy, like a- asks me to have you curse. Yeah. I try not to because my son's going to watch these shows one day, but there are guys out there, Sean. You know, got they're just... He ain't ever watching these. Hey, come on now. Liam McGeary got hurt. He's off of Bellator now. Oh, I know. So so both McGeary and King Mo got hurt. Bubba uh, McDaniel, so he's got no opponent now. He kind of slid in there too. So that's that's uh, not good. That That's a hit to that card. Uh, Gokan Saki is back. Yeah, uh, taking on Khalil. What? That's going to be a great fight. That's a good fight. That's a good booking. I like that one. Back quick. Um, yeah. Oh, so, well, Roundtree round and Goki. Do you think Roundtree is going to stand and bang with him or be like, nope, we're going down on the ground? I think it would be very dumb if he did. Okay. Go on. Sorry. I think it is. What do you think about Francis Ngannou being willing to fight at UFC 216? Not buying it. Not buying yeah, it. Yeah, it's easy to say that, right? So easy to say. Maybe he was. I mean, he, the dude's a tough guy. I mean, you know, he towered over me and Kamaru when we were in Florida. So I know, and, yeah. and we we talked a lot about what it was like growing up in France and and doing some stuff. And and, and, and sorry, just growing up in general. Um, and now that he's in MMA, no doubt in my mind, he would have taken that fight. But I don't think he's serious when he knows you got to go through all kinds of medicals, contract sign, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to happen on short. Same day? Not going to happen, man. Come on. Yeah. You know? I want to know what you think about Mark Godbeer being paid his show and win money for UFC 216, but Green and Venata, who fought, went three rounds, gave each other brain damage, went to a draw, only got their show, bon- show money. And performance of night right or for the night performance of the night but yeah they earned that yeah yeah it's yeah listen it's the uc being the ufc right i i, I don't know but what what did godbeard post on his facebook that's now been taken down i didn't have a chance to read it he had said oh my my fight is coming up uh it got moved to the main card we're third from the top and then like 10 minutes later he's like you can't write this i'm off the show now yada, yada. okay got it gotcha um so he got his, his guy. He got his show money, and he got his, uh, you know, the win bonus. Um, good on the UFC. Good on the UFC. Why not? I mean, the guy put in stuff happens. Yeah, it happens, and I, I think it's good on the UFC. I mean, here, here, here's an opportunity for two of us guys that talk MMA, you know, quote unquote, the media. Uh, I have an opportunity to not rip the UFC and actually commend them and be like, you know what? Yeah. Pay the guy. Pay the guy. He was there. He Good. made weight. He did whatever. So, yeah, you know, kudos to the UFC for doing this. I mean, why don't we applaud them for once or twice? Nick Lentz uh, issued a statement saying, I didn't make it to weigh-ins this morning because I was in the hospital. My body is not responding to insulin correctly. During my weight cut last night, this is uh, before UFC 216, by the way, uh, my feet and hands went numb. I stopped sweating. My heart rate went through the roof, and I didn't know what was going on. I decided to go to the hospital and stayed there through the night into the morning. I'm not sure just yet as to the diagnosis of what's happening, but I'm having diabetic-like issues. I figured I could push through them and still fight. I was wrong. I'm sorry to everyone involved. I bit off more than I could chew, and even through my health problem, it is uh, even though my health problem is not my fault, I should have handled it differently. God bless everyone uh, for their support through my camp. I will be back soon. He was pulled from his fight against Will Brooks who responded and said, there was no medical issues. Stop with this BS medical issues excuse. He quit, and that's all it was. Ouch. What do you make of that, both of them? Yeah. Um, this whole weight-cutting thing is, is continues to it's – it's shiny, man. It's coming out to the light. If anyone has seen what happened uh, overseas in Pancrase with Daniel Lima, yeah. that is – it is that is – for God's sake, man! Like, what the now, hell? Now, Ian Kidd has that story out uh, in regards to the study that even a mild weight cut affects performance within 24 hours. I mean, I I almost had I, I, the only reason I watched the video in its entirety 
was just to see what would happen. But I, I, we were just looking at a catatonic fighter with his team carrying him up the stairs, unable to even be- walk, let alone he couldn't even balance himself on the scale to make weight. The guy was just like a few breaths away from going unconscious. Like, you know, even John Kavanaugh, uh, who's an interesting guy in and of himself, rip these guys apart for saying they're shameless. They're the most disgusting people in the sport. Like to see that video and to see a fighter, I've listen, I've been a part early in my career of seeing guys passed out pretty much on the floor. Guys that made it to the UFC having being woken up and carried to the stage, but let go. They eventually made it on themselves, walked on, stepped off and then started, you know, eating a cheesecake, believe it or not afterwards. But, um, that was the old days. But to see that Daniel Lima and his camp do what they did to get him onto the scale, and what even drove me even more nuts was, the I don't know what the Japanese guy was doing. Like, the guy's on the scale. Pay attention. Do it. They're having a conversation. Should he weigh in? Should he not weigh in? The guy's, like, on the scale. Just look at the weight, man. Look at the freaking weight. Take him off. His opponent goes on, weighs. Uh, and they, br- they bring him back on, and he finally makes the weight. Like, I'm like, oh, what? what? It was a complete... And utter debacle from pretty much everybody involved, Sean. It was disgusting to see. And now, hopefully, this all the stuff that California California State Athletic Commission that they've been doing with waterline base testing. Um, you know, another reason for Dana White. I know Dana White's saying that guys need to cut weight properly, go to the Performance Institute, learn how to do it. I get it, but this whole weight cutting thing is just crazy, man. It's getting bad for these guys. They got to stop. I'm glad you carried that because my neighbor's car alarm went off for a solid minute and a half, two minutes. Woo. Mm, I'm with you, man. Uh, it's it's dangerous. It shouldn't be happening. What is the is is it worth it? I don't think so. Um, Dana White says he's looking to get Cyborg home signed shortly, and you know it wouldn't be a Cyborg fight without her saying that she's being wronged somehow. So of course, you know, there's that. Like it, it happens every time. She's <laughs> all the time, man. Like all the time. Her and Jose Aldo seem like just the worst to deal with in that regard. It just seems tough. Uh, but here's here's a piece of news that I felt is underrated. Bud Light is out. Yes. Modelo. Modelo. So let me ask you. Who's going to be the first person to cut a promo and say, and I'm drinking Coors Light because Modelo ain't paying me nothing. No, I get that. I get that Brock Lesnar reference. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. You just lost Bud Light. Or you're no, you're no longer with Bud Light. You're now with Modelo? Yeah. I says, pardon? How, what? Like, is that a sign? Of where the UFC is right now in the perception or the the, I guess the the eyeballs the Maybe the decision makers the more money man. Yeah, I guess so. But more money than Bud Light? You never or know. I mean, Bud Light. I mean, I've had. Okay, so I had on it as a sponsor. I don't have on it as a sponsor anymore because they weren't willing to meet the criteria. I had very very like. Okay, Sunglass Warehouse. They offered me more than Audit. Or not Sunglass Warehouse, it's like Sunglass Hut or something like that. I can't even remember the damn name of the place. That's how like little they were. Um, I had a company called Skills, which is a gaming thing. Nobody knows about them. They were offering me more than uh, major companies were to uh, that, that were offering me stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it can happen. It's Do they think it's worth it? And maybe Bud Light didn't, or they weren't willing to match Modelo. Maybe this is Modelo's big push. I, I never it. heard I of it. I neither did I. And when I got the press release, I was just kind of like, what? Who? What? Who? What's going yeah. on here? Like, you, you just associate the UFC being with big brands before. I mean, I, yeah. I go back to when Gordon Bursch and, and other beer companies were involved with the UFC. There were brands I had never heard of before. That were sponsoring the UFC, trying to get in there, trying to use the UFC to to promote their brand, and then the UFC just got all big uh, and started signing with these blue chip sponsors. 
Now it's like yeah. we're going, I feel like it's, maybe it's just me. I, I'm completely wrong, but it's like we're going backwards. And it's like, you know, even the whole Fox deal, uh, you know, the, 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 the exclusive negotiations are done. The UFC can now go negotiate with whomever. Uh, I mean, interesting one for me. Yeah, it's just got me thinking a whole bunch of different things. And it's like, where is the UFC right now? Because I see the ratings here in Canada. Uh, and I know, unless specific people are fighting, they are much lower um, than a while ago. I'll just say that. I'm not taking shots at anyone. I'm just saying, whoa, 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 whoa. What is happening? Oh, sure, yeah. That's, that's how it is with almost anything. When specific wrestlers are wrestling, more people tune in. When specific boxers are boxing, more people tune in. But... That's one that uh, I definitely I want to keep my eye on is maybe the change in sponsors because I think it may be a little easier to tell it, what like if they're being offered more or less whatever it may be based on the quality of sponsors because if it goes like this across the board that's an issue. Also, if I'm the fighters, I'm saying where's my cut? Where's my cut? Any of this? Where's my cut? You throw that throw that Modelo logo on me if you want. But where's my cut? There's so many more ways to monetize this business. And there are many financial experts that don't ever expect WME IMG to get their money back. I think, personally, I think they'll find a way to do it. I do think that they'll find a way eventually to do it uh, in some regard. This could be one of the ways. This could be one of the ways, Sean. You could be bang on. You could have said it bang on. They'll take more money from someone else than Bud Light. Yeah. They'll they'll find a way to monetize things a little bit differently. Uh, I think that they're they're savvy enough to do something like that. It was a hefty price tag though, but I think they will. And it's not like I mean, people forget the UFC has been owned by the current owners for 15 years. WME IMG might own this company for 40, 50, 100 years for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. You bang on. So yeah, that's 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 like. But they could take it public, but then you got to disclose a whole lot of stuff that you don't want to disclose, or at least Dana White didn't want to disclose. Maybe he doesn't care to disclose it now with the amount of money that he's making or that he already made off of it because at any given time, Dana White could just peace out if they, they go public. So, What's the over-under of Dana White piecing out? Depends on when you mean. I think in the next 10 years, I think it's fair, but in the next few years, I don't think so. I think so. I think really? So. Yep. I think it's just a matter of time, to be honest with you. That could be way off base. Spot. I don't know. Who, who, I mean, there's a book here that I read. What's it called? 48 Principles of Power. The Laws of Power. The Laws of Power. And, and one of them is to never replace the, the, you know, be careful of the shoes you step in if you're the replacement. Yeah. Don't do it. That's true. And I don't want to be – it's always be the next guy. Be the replacement of the replacement. So I don't yeah. know. I'm sure there's a lot of people they could get to replace Dana White, but it's not Dana White. So, Well, hopefully they don't trash Jason Aldean for deciding to do uh, Saturday Night Live instead of a UFC show after he just pretty much got shot at in the city a, yeah. a week before that. So I thought that was in very bad taste as well. If the guy wants to go do SNL, let him go do SNL. Everlast, I thought, did a very good job doing what he did. So, and but when when he did come out there, I said, "Of course, Dana White picked Everlast." Not with me. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I, I was the biggest Everlast fan ever, long before House of Pain. By the way, uh, isn't it crazy to think that's the same guy? Isn't yeah. it crazy to think? Well, he's had so he many makeovers, well, dude. He's had so many makeovers yeah. before he was Everlast at House of Pain. If you go early on in his career, he had suits on, slicked back hair. That's what it was in the '90s, and then boom, out of he disappeared. And then, bang, he comes back with House of Pain, and you're like, whoa, shaved head, goatee, nose ring, wow. And, you know, that's when I was in my little hip-hop stage. Uh, not little, <laughs> I've been on, you know, hip-hop for a long time, but I was like, this is my stuff, because I was wearing plaid shirt, plaid jackets, and stuff like that, and, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, if you know what I mean, Sean, uh, and everyone listening in right now. By the way, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. But, yeah, uh, and then Everlast, after the House of Pain thing disappears, and he's got an acoustic guitar and starts putting out this crazy ass music which is still fantastic so i've always been uh, a big everlast fan always have been happy to see him do this but um i didn't know he was going to go with um i thought he was going to sing the star spangled banner he didn't uh what did he sing america the beautiful no what did he sing yeah he sang america the beautiful and the reason yeah. that he he said that he did that was because of the line the bombs bursting in air and he thought that was 
a little much for considering there are 1500 first responders and people who have been shot there. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. Uh, look at the day that I have a thug nickname. I probably did. Uh, Josh Watson makes, makes a good point, but I, that I want to expand on, on the live chat. He says, while McGregor is still there, Dana will stay for the money. Yes. But then what if – so the thing is, though, Josh and Sean, there's always stars coming out with the UFC. Will there be a bigger star than Conor McGregor? I'm going to say no. I doubt it unless Conor McGregor's yeah. paved a way for someone to do exactly what he did and if not more. But there's always stars with the UFC that are going to make the money. Maybe not Conor McGregor money, but there's always going to be a star. Maybe Josh Watson is right. Once Conor McGregor's appeal begins to dip – do we say goodbye to Dana White? Who knows? I think it's just a matter of time, though. I really do. Yeah. they There are always going to be stars. I don't think they'll ever be without stars. There's always going to be somebody. Like at heavyweight, could they market Miocic better? Sure, they could. At light heavyweight, Daniel Cormier is on his way out. He's a little bit older, but but I still think that, that he's a guy that they have right now. And he's cognizant of, of sales and stuff like that, too. Like he's saying – well, the reason I don't really want to fight Alexander Gustafson is because it didn't do too hot on pay-per-view, and I don't have that many more fights in me. So I you know, I want to capitalize on the ones I do have. So he says he's going to fight Ozdemir at middleweight. you got a, a several guys that can be marketable, Chris Weidman, uh, Luke Rockhold. Whitaker's a great fighter. I don't think he's there as far as marketing. Welterweight, you got the Donald Cerrone, you got Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley's got to fight a little more exciting. There are guys. There are plenty of guys and girls. I don't know. I've, I've said it before. Uh, I had this conversation with Kamar Usman yesterday, uh, who, by the way, was supposed to join us in the broad uh, podcast today, but we're going to do a whole bunch um, of Kamar Usman stuff. Uh, fantastic interview. What was it, Sean? 20 minutes I did with him? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, but we talked about catching lightning in a bottle. Some people have it, some people don't. And you got to figure out your niche or find a way to catch that lightning in a bottle like George St. Pierre did back in the day, like Conor McGregor did, like Chael Sonnen, whether it's Tito Ortiz. There are angles that you could use. And I look at some of the the, the guys on the roster in the UFC, and I'm like, uh-uh, Kevin Lee can do it. I think Kevin Lee can do it. I think there's a lot of guys. I mean, Elias Theodoro can do it. You know, it's just a matter of catching on and resonating and, and getting in there. Um, Stipe Miocic, would, I think, would be a very difficult sell, Sean. Uh, I know, I mean, mm -hmm. you just got to prove that he's the baddest man on the planet, which shouldn't be that difficult to do considering your, your PR machine. Um, but realistically speaking, when, when you put a microphone in front of Stipe, nothing really resonates. Is it me or am I, am I wrong? Yeah, and that's unfortunate. There are ways to market these guys. Stipe is a full-time firefighter. He kicks people's ass, then he goes and saves people's lives. Joanna Janjacek is, I think, the greatest female fighter of all time. Market her as such. That's it. Oh, boy. Oh, there That's we go again. Great. All right, anything else you want to talk about uh, before we wrap this up? We do want to thank everyone again for joining us, especially those even afterwards uh, on Stitcher and on iTunes before Sean Rossap jumps through a window and informs his neighbor that, dude, hit the button. Mm. What's yeah. up? Follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow us at Fightful Online. Uh, leave us a good uh, review on iTunes. That helps too. Also, uh, head over to Fightful.com. We have forums. We have contests all the time. Every 1,000 subscriptions we get on YouTube, I'm going to give something away, some piece of memorabilia, something like that, a DVD, uh, all kinds of stuff. We have news, uh, podcasts, photos, videos on pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. I want you all over there on those forums talking to me. Sign up. Join us. Yeah. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, Friday, a uh, very good chance that uh, Sean Rossap and Jimmy Van will force me to go cover St. Pierre versus Bisping. I joke. I kid. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get in there if the UFC credentials me, Sean. But uh, I'm sure they will. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm sure they will. They likely will. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm going to write a piece uh, about my conversation with Kamar Usman. Uh, I sold up two articles. Uh, as for my video this week, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw it out to you, the fans, because 
There is no UFC event this weekend, so there will be no fun bets video. So we'll, we'll figure out what the top stories are come Friday and look for a tweet from me uh, or on all my social media asking you guys to let me know what you want me to discuss and talk about um, on the video. But other than that, it's a wrap, Sean. That is it. Uh, I think I will be here Thursday with James Lynch. I think I may have an interview during that point. I don't know uh, what our schedule for that will be. Also, uh, tomorrow, the list and your boy at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have interviews. We have the Kamaru Usman and DDP interviews coming up later this week. Uh, the article that Joe wrote and writes in relation to Usman will run this weekend. But, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Head over to Fightful.com. Show us some love. Like I said, share our stories, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Make sure to respect their individual community guidelines when you do so. But uh, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.